want to get service, selection, and price so low. The record archive is the place to go.
Starting off episode 210 with a band we haven't played in a while. Debrain from Buffalo with the song Fatal Consequence. And then we went into Alien Autopsy with the song Parasite. 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 There was only one parasite. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How's it going over there? Um, Okay, besides um, this weekend, I did a banana peel slip in the bathroom (laughs) and completely destroyed my lower back again. (laughs) So there's that. I put the banana peel there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I know, because you're all bitter because you worked all weekend. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Which sucks. You really did. I think you didn't work a total of 12 hours Mm -hmm. the entire weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we had to miss Charmer. I know. The elusive Charmer. And it it always sucks when (sighs) you fuck something up and you have to fix it. When When it's your fuck up, you have to eat it, right? Yeah. But when it's someone else's fuck up, and it ruins your weekend, and they're out fucking doing stuff at birthday parties and proms. Yeah, you were eating somebody else's shit all weekend. Yeah. And that sucks. Yep. But here we are. It made me very angry. <laughs> I know, I can tell. It did. I set you off again. Yeah. Um, Introduce a little vodka and... <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a did you know fact. Okay. And then um we actually squeezed in an awesome interview this yeah. week that we're gonna go into. But uh, long overdue. Totally long overdue. Yeah. Um but we can't go an episode without a did you know okay. fact from Jen, right? Right. Yellow snow <laughs> isn't the only kind you shouldn't eat. Recent studies suggest that all snow can be harmful because it attracts particles from car exhaust fumes like a magnet. Basically, when you eat snow, you're consuming a pollution popsicle. (laughs) Did you know that? Uh, mm, It makes sense. I never thought about it really, but... I ate a lot of snow as a kid. Mm, Well, that explains (laughs) (laughs) it. Explains what exactly? The vacancy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, should we get to it? Did you know? I have a did you know. What? Today is the day we talk to Immortal Possession. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, So we talked to Chuck, John, and Derek from Immortal Possession. They're also in Votov. Yes. Which we discuss during the conversation. Let's play an Immortal Possession song and then go into our conversation. Waltz of the Corpse. I 
Uh, we have Chuck, John, and Derek. Yes. Okay. All right. And I'm, I'm Ken. I think you know that. And my wife across from me is Jen. Nice. Ken and Jen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Nice. Cool. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah. Nice to meet you guys. You too. Yeah. You guys are in uh, Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yeah. How how's the weather up there? Uh, <laughs> it's weird right now, but yeah, it's really weird. We've had about our coldest uh, March. Yeah, and our, about our fifth version of uh, winter. We had a, we had a blizzard on Thursday and Friday again, <laughs> but uh, all the snow's, snow's gone now, and uh, it's probably I guess it's about five degrees Celsius. Yeah. Hmm. So <laughs> not uh, too bad. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it'll be uh Getting warmer soon. Unless, yeah, I hope so. Unless you like the cold, some people like <laughs> like winter all year round. <laughs> Not me. No, no it's uh, it's like really cold here all the time, dude. So it's like it's like being on Mars for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why we have so many bands and projects going because uh, there's, lots, there's nothing you can do outside. Lots of downtime in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> So can you can you tell us how um, Immortal Possession kind of came together in '89? Is that true? The first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, back in '89. So I get. I guess the the Coles Notes version is. Um, I was working with our guitar player at the time, Dave Stewart, and uh, Chuck had another band that he was in uh, called Guillotine and Dave and Chuck had somehow met at a record store. Uh, I think it was because they <laughs> Chuck had a death shirt on and uh, Dave was uh, starting to really get into uh, death metal mm -hmm. and they started talking and uh, basically uh, they ended up coming to my place and uh, we jammed and then Chuck, uh, we asked Chuck to join us, but he didn't want to leave his band. And then I guess a little while later, Dave decided to migrate over to uh, Chuck's band. And they had the, they had their original bass player, but uh, he, I, I guess uh, the talent wasn't there or whatever. It was kind of it was based on friendship. Friendship, you know, we were young. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then it came to a point where it's like, okay, we got to take this more seriously because it's not about playing around; it's about, you know, kicking ass. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I eventually ended up in the band, and uh, we recorded our first demo, um, "Grave News from the Other Side." After shortly after that, the original drummer Brian Coates left, and uh, we brought in. Rob Shellcross for a while, which was the drummer on our Mass Murder uh, EP. But uh, he didn't last very long. He moved out to Ottawa, hooked up with another band out there, Nefarious, for a while. And uh, basically Dave Stewart, who is our guitar player, switched the drums. Hmm. And uh, we went from a four-piece to a three-piece. Yep recorded our second demo delicacy of disease 
and then shortly after that, uh, Dave uh, left the band. Well, we kind of <laughs> yeah. made him leave the band because he uh, he made some choices musically that uh, yeah. we couldn't stand behind. Mm -hmm. So uh, not only musically, but other well, things. yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was it was kind of like a mutual thing, and then uh, we recorded Mass Murder uh, in '94. And that's with Rob Shalcross. He came back. Yeah, right? he came back. Came back after a year uh, being in Ontario, and he was practicing every day, so he got really good at that point. So it was good. Yeah, he ended up coming back to Winnipeg from Ottawa, and then it uh, was actually the day we kicked out Dave. Yeah, it was pretty. <laughs> we, we went to the bar that night to go see like DRI and propane or somebody like that, and uh, he was there and said, "Holy shit, what are you doing here?" And he said, oh, "I just moved back." And we said, "Well, you want to play drums?" <laughs> He's like, "Sure, I'll fill in for a while." And then he became, you know, that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. So I guess I, I guess uh, in around '96, I had uh, uh, my son was born. And we uh, we toured and stuff until about '98, and then after that, I decided to step down from uh, the band because my wife was pregnant with our second child and uh, kind of couldn't do everything. Mm -hmm. So uh, I stepped down and stepped away from music. Uh, we did do a few reunions over the years. I think in two thousand one, two thousand six. I thought there was one in two thousand three and two thousand six. So three, probably yeah, three, three, three of them. Yeah. And then, uh, but they were brief. They were just like a, a show, a one, yeah, show, yeah, one, yeah. a one-off show, it was like, yeah, yeah, a festival or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. But so fast forward to about twenty fifteen, and uh, my sister called me and she's like, hey, I ran into Chuck. Would it be okay if I gave him your cell number? And I was like, sure, no problem. And Chuck messages me and he says, I have this new project that me and the drummer from Psychotic Gardening are wanting to do uh, called Votov. And we thought you'd be perfect for the bass. So I came down and uh, to our old rehearsal space and uh, it just really clicked. And uh, so Votov was born in January of uh, 2015. Hmm. And at the same time, Chuck was still playing in uh, Psychotic Gardening. And he was also playing with Derek in another band called Eum. Hmm. Um, so he had three projects on the go at that time. And uh, things were starting to fall apart with Psychotic Gardening. So I stepped in on bass and... I wasn't on any of the recordings, but uh, we did a couple of tours and stuff like that. And I guess in around 2016, um, we did a, another reunion with the original drummer uh, for Immortal Possession. And shortly after that, um, Votov recorded their first album in 2017 and right after that our drummer left again Matt Penner and so uh, we started writing songs for the new album the and one. yeah the second one and after we had about four songs we approached Derek said hey man would you be interested in joining Votov 
Derek was currently in EM with myself, Chuck. Yeah. But that was falling apart too. <clears throat> that was falling apart too. Of course. Yeah. So that's why it was like a natural thing for me to hop on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So he joined Votov. We recorded our second album, IXXI. And then uh, after that album was in the can, we started throwing around the idea of uh, re-recording the Immortal Possession material um because we weren't happy with the original recordings back then everything was we had to go into a studio yeah and we had limited time limited budgets limited talent at the time too yeah <laughs> yeah the talent, <laughs> guitar the talent wasn't uh, there the way we wanted the songs represented and we were getting all these all this interest uh, to re-release the catalog, and we just bunch of labels, yeah. yeah. Just said no, we're we're not interested in that. But then we threw around the idea of re-recording the material. Mm. Um, so one of the labels that was asking us to re-release it, CDN Records, I uh, threw the idea at him, and uh, he was all for it. And at the same time, I kind of said, "Well, hey, would you?" be interested in signing my other band, Votov, as well. So he signed both our bands within about a month of each other. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, uh, and that's, we kind of, uh, both bands have been existing ever since then. Yeah, we released an album uh, from each band on CDN Records from that. So, hence The Resurrectionist uh, came out in December last year, and uh, it's... Made like the the major part of it is all re-released songs or re-recorded songs from those demos, but there is uh, one new song on there called Class Warfare that was written for the album. So, hmm. awesome. Yeah, I, kn- I knew that um, you guys were in Votov together, but um, and I remember we did play. It was a while ago, um, but we did play you guys on the show uh, one of the episodes. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know how, so it sounds like, it sounds like John joining Votov was sort of the catalyst to get Immortal Possession back together again. Is that true? Oh, definitely. Like, Immortal Possession would have happened without John in it because, uh, John's integral to the sound. Like, me and John's hands Mm -hmm. define a lot of what Immortal Possession is all about and mm-hmm. now with Derek on drums that's perfect because that's exactly the drum sound and just the style of being able to execute the grooves properly and stuff mm-hmm. because in Immortal Possession there's a lot of time signature and um, like time changes and like tempo and time signature changes mm-hmm. and it creates uh, you know that old school death metal feel where death did it a lot and all these bands suffocation like a lot of them did that stuff and that's what we're doing and the difference between Votov and that is Votov is generally more like one tempo throughout the whole song, shorter songs, different type of like, you know, lyrical content and more possessions, very old school, you know, the anti-religious and the gore aspects and all that old shit, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, not to get sidetracked, but I have a question. Um, Chuck. Yes. Are you, have you always lived in Canada? Yes. Yeah. Um, how, yeah. so on Metal Archives, it says that you played with Broken Hope Live. Is that true? Yes. And how did that come together? That was awesome. In 2012, um, I guess they were going to be doing a tour with Obituary and Jungle Rot. Mm-hmm. 
and um, I can't remember the other band, unfortunately, at the moment. But uh, they were going to go through the States and Canada 30 days. And uh, the singer, Damien, he had um, a DUI at the time, so he couldn't go over the border. Yeah. So uh, they were like, oh, we need a Canadian singer to do the Canadian dates, right? Mm. So uh, they talked to, I guess, Maurizio from Cataclysm. Mm -hmm. He runs uh, uh, Rock the Nation or whatever. I don't even know the name of their fucking company. But anyways, so he's like, he, he was like, oh, yeah, there's this guy from, you know, Canada, uh, Chuck, Memorial Possession guy, or whatever the fuck he said, or whatever. So basically, uh, I got a phone call asking me um, if I wanted to do this, uh, that Jeremy's going to call me. I'm like, holy shit, fuck, yeah, I'll do it, right? So then Jeremy <laughs> calls me, and then I agree, like, oh, yeah, I'll do that, right? <clears throat> and I was really excited. And then after I hung up, I, I started listening and looking, because I'm a fan, right? So I listen and look, I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be fucking hard, because this guy has got a lot of words and stuff. Oh, yeah. but I have a lot of words, so I'm used to it. And uh, so I studied for a month every day and I knew every single word, fucking every syllable, every fucking nuance, word for word, like whatever, right? And then uh, they flew me to Quebec and then I did my first show without even jamming with them at all. And we did sound check, and everybody was like, holy fuck, that's fucking awesome. So it was like fucking right on, man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I did the Canadian dates. And they, so they flew me around Canada like a little bit. And then we took the bus when we were in Canada, but then they went through the States back and forth. And so I wasn't in the States with them because just there wasn't enough room on the tour bus, whatever. So I basically, like, they flew me to um, uh, Quebec or whatever, and then they flew me back home. And then after that, when they came here, like, to our home, I jumped in the bus and then we drove across, you know, the country at that point in the tour bus and all that. And then later on, they were going to Europe and uh, they were playing in Germany and uh, France. And they're like, fuck, uh, Damien still doesn't have his pardon or whatever. Are you going to be able to do it? And I says, yeah, I'll do it. And then so I got to go to Europe. They flew me to Paris. Like I was by myself, right? And I'm like, I go in the airport and, you know, I got a big long beard and that was around like kind of like close to like, you know, I don't know, it wasn't 9-11 time, but they were still like sensitive, right? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in the airport and they're, they're saying, you shouldn't look like that. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I'm a white <laughs> yeah. It's like, you look like a terrorist, man. They're going to question you. And, and I have a briefcase with a wireless microphone in it, which looks... Oh, it's like explosives and shit. And it's like, fuck. But the airports, you know, I, I faced a little bit of like scrutiny, like, hey, what, what's this? And I was like, oh, it's just a microphone. You know, they were doing like bomb tests on my stuff. Or whatever. <laughs> so then I was in France and I was by myself and I'm like, fuck, I gotta get a hold of Jeremy. So I phone him and I'm getting international rate charges on my phone like crazy. And he's joking around with me and I'm like, dude, I fucking, I need to know where to go. And he's like, oh, who is this? And and all this shit, right? And then, uh, so, and then, fucking whatever. So, uh, he says, you're at the other airport. You got to meet us at this other airport. So, oh, fuck. So, okay. So, there's this fucking underground train or whatever. I had to go find that fucking thing. And I'm French, man, and nobody can understand me. And because I'm Canadian French and they're France French and they don't fucking understand me. I have a jacket that has a Broken Hope logo, but it has an American flag. So, they fucking hate me because they're like, we're Americans. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm Canadian. <laughs> like, so, so anyways, I get on this little train and I finally fucking met them and I was like, holy shit, I thought I would be fucking, you know, out, you know, gone though. <laughs> but uh, no, we played those shows and it was fucking awesome. I made friends with Nuclear Blast and all that shit. And, you know, it was all good. Nice. That's awesome. It was fun. <laughs>
so that's how I got to sing with them. That's that's cool. Yeah. We had Damien on like a year year and a half two, ago, maybe he's two years ago. Yeah. He's a fucking great guy, man. Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah. yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I got to hang out with him when they came to Winnipeg. Their uh, the fucking following time or whatever, but. His his band is fucking wicked though, eh? Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's insane, man. Fucking, those guys are amazing. Let's take a quick break and check out "Blasphemy" from Votov. you say 
inspired the band early on and is that is what inspired you early on is it still the same thing or has that changed as you as you guys have gotten older i could tell you my answer yeah well for me personally um i like fucking evil stuff i like angry aggressive dark mm -hmm. like so i was always attracted to black sabbath and you know the early metal and then i really always wanted something heavier thrashed starts creeping around and i really liked that because it was like more aggressive but you know when i cut wind of like uh the uh the venoms and the celtic frosts i was like yeah like that's tom warrior's vocals and possessed like jeff Pesetta's yeah. uh, vocals i'm like i i like that because that's like fucking yeah it makes me fucking yeah like <laughs> death metal in the early like 90s and stuff was like scary like it was like oh that guy's fucking it's crazy i don't want to fucking be around that guy he's gonna kill me or whatever right <laughs> yeah. i kind of like so that's kind of what we wanted to do is just be as heavy as possible so that's what really directed me towards you know this and but nowadays it's like i still want to have that heavy feeling the, the groovy heavy with uh, it makes you feel it inside your body and stuff mm -hmm. and specifically keeping it tight tight like really like wicked timing and you know like that precision we like that shit so that's my goals you know and the nowadays my goal personally is better message right like immortal possession is one thing votov is really good like messages like you know anti-political corporations fucking this and that right mm -hmm. but uh immortal possession is more of like you know religious and the gore shit and i'm like ugh, i don't care about gore so much and religion is whatever like you know ugh, i don't know so <laughs> who knows <laughs> you know it's fucking i don't know but the themes are what they are, so I probably will continue writing in that fashion for Immortal Possessions. So that's my thing. I don't know about you, John. Uh, my, my experience is very similar. Like, just grew up with Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and just gradually, again, progressed to thrash. And uh, then when stuff like, again, Celtic Frost, Voivod, stuff like that came around, um, just every time it was a heavier uh, evolution to uh, the next level mm -hmm. and in terms of in terms of now i think we mainly just write what comes out and yeah you it's know we naturally and i grew up in a different era so uh my my i have a lot of influences progressive stuff from the 70s and you name it really that's derek talking yeah. yeah 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 are you younger derek yeah 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 like uh when they released uh mass murder what was in 94 mm -hmm. yeah i was only 10 years old at the time. <laughs> oh. so, yeah, I was that gives you any perspective yeah so they're 14 years older than me mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome nice mm -hmm. so, oh sorry no go ahead what's the story behind your band name hmm, interesting you know really like we're it's funny because uh okay first of all immortal means forever and uh possession like so we're possessed forever like it's like you know that's one thing but basically i mean we were just looking for evil name and at the time and you know all the like you know death is taken oh shit you can't call yourself grave death coffin any, like <laughs> any of the we got to start combining words there was a million angels like morbid angel death angel dark angel right so you can't have an angel name uh you know black sabbath black flag this and that can't have that right um so we just wrote a bunch of words and then i guess 
immortal possession sounded cool and then just the concept of being like possessed forever and like you can't be unpossessed once you hear it you're fucking hooked mm -hmm. it's just you know it just feel felt right and uh felt evil and yeah that's why i think right yeah yeah, yeah. and you drew up a logo mm -hmm. and yeah uh, it's a gory fucking looking logo too <laughs> the original one i drew blood dripping the original one i drew on my um my brown paper bag from work <laughs> and then I photocopied it, and that's what we used for a while. And then I was like, yeah, gotta clean that up and make it look better. And then I changed the logo to, I guess, the current one. And then that was hand done. And then later on, I put it on my computer and then I made it like nicer because I don't like it looking stupid. <laughs> it just looks really nice now. It's my favorite now. So, like, on the stick, you can see Yeah, you can see it right there. It's nice and clean. Even though it's gory, it's still clean. Do you still? Like logos i can't read honestly i fucking hate that it's like hey our band fucking yeah. 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 yeah so it's like oh who that? i don't know it's fucking scratchy scratchy like i have no idea yeah, yeah. i don't know it's, it's, it's cool and everything but for, when i grew up i could read death's logo I like that sanguine is a bog or whatever yeah, everybody does, like, how do you even remember that <laughs> <laughs> Like, look, Immolation, I could see that. And then what really bugged me, too, though, is there was an era in death metal when all the bands would, they would change their logo from the cool fucking, like, metal logo, and they would use stupid regular font, like, I'm going to use typewriter with fucking all small letters and shit. And it's yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing, yeah. man? That looks dumb as fuck. I remember that. <laughs> and then also when death started changing their logo, taking out the fucking the inverted cross and yeah. taking away the Grim Reaper and the web and all, oh, fuck that, leave that shit in there, man. It's right. like, cool, man. Yeah. It's part of the allure of what drew fans to the artwork in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But then on the other hand, Cannibal Corpse, their original logo, I liked it, because like Barnes Druid, I guess. And then yeah, fucking then when he left, I guess he must there must have been some sort of lawsuit. There was a lawsuit. They changed the logo. Know that? Right? Yeah, that was yeah. infamous. So, anyways, the newer logo, I hate it because it looks like a typewriter font and someone just fucked around with it a little bit. Uh -huh. And it's like, at least fucking do ugh, whatever. It just <laughs> I didn't like it, man. I'm a graphic artist, right? So I hate shit. <laughs> that pisses me off. I know that it, uh, Chris Barnes and Brian Slagle got into it quite a few times. Wow. Well, I mean, label bosses, you know. Yeah, yeah. Chris Barnes is fucking... He's kind of like Peter Steele in the fact he wanted to keep all of his intellectual property, right? We all do. And, and <laughs> so many bigger labels don't want that. Well, fuck they want to have all of the keys ass. to the castle. Yeah, they got to own your ass. Yeah. <laughs> so... Before we go more into the Resurrectionist, can you tell us about the Thirty Years Suffering DVD and how people can get that? Thirty Years Festering? Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I said yeah, suffering. Yeah, so <laughs> that that kind of happened. Uh, it, it was a weird thing. Um, Craig Newman, uh, the owner of CDN, mm -hmm. uh, our label, he uh, he contacted me and he says, "Hey." Um, would you guys, this was during the pandemic, and uh, he contacted us and said, hey, would you guys be interested in doing uh, a live off the floor thing and uh, having it broadcast all over Europe? And we we're like, sure. So uh, we set up, we set up here in our studio and uh, we were, we did uh, two, two run throughs. All, uh, all straight, no, uh, no stopping or anything. Just what you hear on there is what you get. And, uh, pretty much the, f we used 
all the stuff uh, from the first set, except for one song. So uh, everything's live off the floor, no overdubs or anything like that. And uh, we uh, <clears throat> we contacted the guy and said, hey, so how many songs do you want to do and stuff like that? And uh, he was kind of a little bit iffy after a while and it eventually didn't happen. So we we're like, well, you know what? We've got all this. We've got all this footage and everything, and these songs recorded. Let's use it to our advantage and uh, release a DVD. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. And we put it together, and uh, we did. I think uh, two runs of two hundred, or, or no, the first run was five hundred, and then the second one was a, a run of two hundred. And uh, yeah. It uh, it went over really well, but the whole reason <laughs> for us doing it was uh, for this other live stream or whatever that never happened. So oh, so so you guys did it all yourselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah we do everything in house. We uh, recorded it on my interfaces here at my where, where we rehearse basically. Yeah, Derek's got a studio set up in his house here, and. Nice. Uh, we like Chuck does all our artwork and all our graphic images, all our uh, video editing. We have we have a couple of people that help us here and there. Uh, a friend of ours, Dylan Bailey, mm -hmm. um, he was the one that filmed that uh, particular uh, video, and he's done a, a few of Otob ones for us and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He did uh, the mass murder uh, video that. Um, for the resurrectionist mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but yeah primarily uh we're pretty self-sufficient in uh, terms of everything we do nice do you prefer that oh hell yeah yeah because <laughs> i don't know if you've noticed or not whenever you try and do something and you have to rely on other people uh yeah there's always there's always extended timelines and things that don't work out and you're waiting for this and waiting for that. Whereas here it's like, we, we are only responsible for ourselves and we like to get things done. So yeah, yeah. We're able to uh, produce as much content as, as we want really. Yeah. Do you guys, I have a nerd question. Do you have uh, a preferred, uh, preferred DAW for recording with? I'm uh, I'm a Mac guy and I'm Pro Tools 100%. I hate every other fucking bullshit. <laughs> I hate everything. I fucking had Macs for the last fucking 30 years and I've never had any fucking problems, any viruses, nothing. Yeah. And my shit's always uh, reliable. And Pro Tools fucking kicks ass. I've used Cubase, but I get fucking us because I'm like, zooming in and zooming out is bullshit. <laughs> and I use Pro and... But Derek likes Reaper and he has a PC. <laughs> uh, um, you guys are cutting out a little bit. I don't know if. Oh, oh. Right, there you are. Wait, I think you're gone again. No, no, no we, we're not talking though. Uh, right uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we use Reaper. Um, and I uh, right now I'm using a Windows computer, but I also have a Mac. But uh. Nice. I know, I know a lot of people love Pro Tools. And if that works I for you, then there's no reason to change, right? 
Oh, I love it, man. <laughs> love it. And mine's old, fuck. Yeah. The newer Pro Tools are fucking amazing, but I'm fucking... I'm not a millionaire, so I just fucking use what I have. Well, it sounds really good, what you're doing, so... Um, Thanks. Yeah. I think it's... You know, a lot of people, they go overboard trying to do a million fucking things and using too much bullshit. Yeah. We definitely try to keep everything as simple as we can. We mm -hmm. kind of want to keep it a little old schooler, like... Everything is so fucking pushed and sounds so fucking like in your face too much at this point yeah. in music mm -hmm. that, I mean, you know, we want to have dynamics still. And it's, I don't know, people yeah. don't like it. They suck my royal cock. <laughs> what's, the point of, what's the point of putting something out that you can't reproduce live, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, in Immortal Possession, don't have a lead guitar player. So, you know, we put those solos in there from guest lead guitar players because the originals had leads. Mm -hmm. But Immortal Possession was a three piece for a longer time than it was a four piece, I think. It oh, yeah, for sure. So. But as for Votov, we definitely record as a three-piece mm -hmm. so that you can definitely... If we sound exactly... Well, we should sound as close to, to our records live mm -hmm. as possible because we we just do exactly what we do on the album. So, Do you guys... There's some kind of violin-sounding parts. Do you guys do that live? Oh, um, no, we don't. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that band is like... Uh, we 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 wouldn't... I mean, we would if we had um, some of the players yeah. that were around, but uh, that was a player from a different province. Oh. So that girl's not even close to us, like, mm -hmm. you know, physically. Yeah, yeah. Got you. So, but if, you know, I, I suppose if if the person was around and wanting to play the show, we would do that, you know, like, mm -hmm. kind of thing. We've done it in the past. Mm -hmm. Somebody would come up and do a couple of songs kind of thing. Yeah, and if the right guitar player did come along, I'm, I'm sure uh, we would definitely uh, right. think about going back to a four-piece, but uh, we just haven't ever been able to find the right person. It was the same with, like, for the longest time, we couldn't find a drummer that we thought could execute what we had envisioned for more Possessions songs either, right? Yep. And, once we heard Derek play, we were like, okay, this is the guy. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, we gave him the songs, and what he came back with was, we are like, wow, this is like what I envisioned yeah. that many years ago, you know? And That's what it was supposed to sound like, really. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, too, I'd like to mention is uh, when we record Votov, we record as a three-piece, and when we record Immortal Possession, we record as a four-piece. So whether or not, like, we have another friend of ours who was the second guitar player, the second rhythm player on mm -hmm. the album. Mm -hmm. um, but whether he was in the band or not, I would definitely record the second guitar track mm -hmm. and it would be a different guitar, like, you know, track than the other side. Whereas Votov, it's, you know, it's a three piece technically and the way it sounds, whereas Immortal Possession, you're going to have two different rhythms playing two different things like, you know, like Slayer, Deicide, all that shit. More like, you know, yeah, yeah. Design that way. So, you know, in the live setting, a lot of the time I'll do um, half and half of like my side and the other guy's side or whatever. I have my ways of pulling that shit off live kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Just for moral possession though, just because of the way it is, right? So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like John said, if we had another guy that was good lead player that was going to like, you know, be able to be able to fucking do this shit with us and not be a dink. <laughs> There's a lot of dinks, right? And it's hard to 
work with people that aren't professional or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We're all pretty professional and um, dedicated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We take it seriously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That makes a big difference. <laughs> so uh, the Resurrectionist it has eight re-recorded songs from from earlier material, and then one new song, Class Warfare. Yeah. Did yeah, you yeah. Did, did you guys write Class Warfare collectively? Like, did you all write it together? Yeah. Yeah, we write it. Well, what happens is uh, I'll often write the skeleton of the song, which is the guitar riffs mm -hmm. and the vocals. And then in this case, um, I had the keyboards in mind for this song because it was designed for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. And um, then I would basically show it to these guys and Derek would then put his drums on it. And then John would write his bass according to what the guitars and the drums are doing at that point. And the vocals are already done because I, I do my stuff all at once, kind of. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. And um, Chuck, you did the the uh, the cover for the, the Resurrectionist? Yeah. yeah. All the artwork, nice. shirts, and nice. all of that stuff. Nice. I Looks really to. cool. Yeah, thanks. What if, what if you guys were offered like a, a big label deal? Would you give up the rights well, to your music or say no? No. No. You know what? Like, <laughs> I, I would say no, like, off the hop or whatever, because I know they don't offer, like, fair deals. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't have to look at the contract and see what it's all about, but there is no fair deals nowadays, and it's, uh, it's like, they're desperate to fucking make money off of people and, and fuck them over, so it's, I don't even know, like, who knows? We do well on our own. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know, you know? Mm -hmm. just, just the thought of signing over all your creative rights to your music and everything is it's never been appealing to us and yeah. even even back in the day like immortal possession had uh we had offers from labels like peaceville and osmos, uh, osmos. Um, we had some dealings with uh, roadrunner records and stuff like that hmm. and uh we basically never ended up signing just because of the fact that they wanted too basically <laughs> to own everything mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so and we had had uh we had had a friend here in winnipeg that that was exactly what happened to their band yeah and uh they lost everything because they signed a deal with roadrunner or whatever and i guess uh roadrunner wanted to do things that they didn't want to do so then they just said fuck okay we're gonna drop you and then basically roadrunner owned their band name all of their songs and everything so they couldn't really do anything with oh, their own band man. oh wow like fuck that shit man i'm yeah. not getting involved in that. yeah yeah because this shit's my like my spirituality man this is like i need to do this to be happy otherwise i'm fucking a, i'm gonna go to jail for being a <laughs> fucking <laughs> <laughs> Because I'll be mad. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Um, what? What would you say? Um, the latest version of the band. Do you have a, like a proudest moment of the band, <laughs> or like? A, That's a fucking good question. There's a lot of great things we just finished fucking doing. Really, I mean, our videos were, were makes me proud. Our album specifically makes me proud. Um, anytime we play live and just seeing people's faces and how much mm -hmm. you know they have a good time fucking i love that shit 
Play, playing big festivals is a, is a huge that. one too. Yeah. Uh, uh, last year we got to play uh, both bands actually got to play Loud as Hell Festival in uh, Drumheller, Alberta. Nice. That was really cool. And uh, this year again, um, we're playing another big festival called uh, Canada's Extreme Metal Radio Fest in uh, Edmonton, Alberta. And uh, both our bands are uh, are playing that festival as well. Hmm. So, is it ever? Is it ever tough? To, is it ever tough when you when you both both bands play? If you guys are playing like double duty, is that is that ever a headache? Um, it's two separate nights usually. Oh. Yeah, usually when we do stuff like that, we we do book it for different nights. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, but the the bonus side of it is, if we ever did get over to a country like Europe, we could basically play both bands on alternate nights and we could be playing for weeks yeah yeah uh, you know yeah that's that's a good plan <laughs> especially being as a three-piece right mm -hmm. have you guys has either band um toured in the u.s no 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 uh there's big problem with getting over to the u.s right now is uh work visas mm-hmm it's about fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a guy just to fill out the paperwork, and then you're not guaranteed to even get a work visa. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of an iffy thing. Um, we'd love to get down there, yeah, but uh, yeah, the whole financial side of it is a little bit intimidating. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I love Americans. I'd love to play there. Every American band that comes to Canada, they're always the fucking coolest people, man. We always have a great time. And, uh, you know, there's the odd fucking asshole that's like, oh, I hate Americans. And it's like, really? <laughs> fucking, uh, I don't know which Americans you met, but like, it's just shit they see on TV, I guess, or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I think a lot of what the rest of the world sees on TV coming out of the u.s is not really representative of i mean it is somewhat true to to a small yeah. small demographic but not to a lot of us <laughs> exactly yeah there's a lot of uh stereotypical propaganda on fucking you know mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> well look, look look at the look at how the canadians are portrayed in everything right yeah yeah but we are fucking right now <laughs> 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 um i have a question for derek yeah you bet do you have um do you have a favorite show or venue that you've played at like in my like all over the world you're talking about yeah any anywhere any uh, band anytime yeah interesting question that is an interesting question i gotta think about that now Derek toured the U.S. in Evil Survives. Yeah, mm. yeah, I've, I've toured the U.S. about six times in my life. I would say uh, there's this one venue. I'm trying to remember the name of it now. Uh, the Knitting Factory, it's called actually, and it's in California. Mm. Uh, like I can't remember if it was Hollywood or wherever, but it's called the Knitting Factory. We played with uh, Hellstar there. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Band from the '80s. Well, I really like Hellstar. 
Yeah, we yeah, but I played with them there, and that was a very awesome venue. Like a nice green room in the back. Uh, the stage is nice and big. The monitors were awesome. Just everything about that show was really good. And uh, I guess if I was to name one more, the Rock Pile in Toronto. I played with Gutter Creek out there uh, last year in August. And uh, Jake, the sound guy there, he does sound for April Wine. Oh, nice. Uh, so he's their sound guy. Like he travels all over the world. Jake yeah, Jake Disman is his name. And he does an incredible job of that venue, making you sound good. And like I remember I he gave me a feed right into my uh my mixing board that I bring with me wherever I go. And the mix was incredible as soon as I got it from him. So I knew we had a really good sound guy for the night. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. That's what you want as a musician. You want to be able to hear yourself and what yes. you're doing and all the rest of your members as well, right? Like, we want to have a good continuity of uh, where the songs are headed when you're playing them, so. Right, right. Yeah. Have you guys had any, um, I'm sure you have, um, any, like, horror stories as a band? <laughs> well, uh, maybe more so with the old lineup, but not so much with this one. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that's good. good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> going in the right direction everyone every band has uh the horror stories of the vehicle breakdowns and yeah. uh, the nightmare venues and the places that you have to stay uh you know doing the things you do so yeah, yeah. it's uh but nothing really that stands out well, that's good <clears throat> do you guys have any pre-show rituals or routine as a band i smoke a lot of dope no i'm just kidding <laughs> I do. Uh, no i used to actually i used to do um a bit of like breathing exercises and stuff mm -hmm. and relaxation for vocals and stuff mm -hmm. i haven't really done that in the last couple of years but i used to do that and it was really awesome and it really helped and um but i don't know i guess i don't know why i haven't been doing it but i think i'll do it for next show yeah <laughs> Uh, for myself, I usually like to uh, I like to warm up for a couple hours if I can, like during the day or before the show. But obviously, you don't always have the opportunity to do that. So mm -hmm. a lot of our local shows, though, we like to book them on Saturday nights so that you kind of have that opportunity to do it. But again, it's, it doesn't always happen. So yeah. yeah, you guys ever get burned out? Uh, no, really, I don't. Um, not, I, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, everybody's, to a certain extent, a little bit burned out from regular life all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah the work in the nine to five or whatever, so to speak. But um, when it comes to music, that's that's really, like, the one thing that we're all really enthusiastic about, and especially... Um, for us, we our rehearsal day is uh, like today on Sundays, and we usually rehearse for uh, with both bands for about five or six hours. Oh wow! We call it our our church, <laughs> our metal church. So uh, we do that, and then once in a while we'll get together during the week as well. But uh, just depending on it, when we have shows coming up, and that we usually do. Uh, a jam or two during the week as well but for the most part uh anything to do with music we're we're pretty 
pretty much good to go awesome. no matter what's going on yeah john who who are some of your uh bass influences early on when you started playing oh uh, definitely uh geezer butler mm -hmm. um i think uh i think the first time i heard him was when i was about seven mm -hmm. and uh just that's to this day that's my favorite band of all time mm -hmm. um steve harris cliff burton uh frank bellow from anthrax mm -hmm. huge influence um phil linot mm -hmm. i really like uh a lot of old thin lizzie and stuff like that yeah but yeah they, they, i don't know there's uh what's his name from uh faith no more um i can't think of his name right now but oh yeah i i can't think of it either i know who you're talking about though yeah he was a really big influence on uh on uh my slap playing and that so mm. nice how about did you like uh or do you like les claypool at all i i like his stuff um i'm not i don't know i'm not like a super fan or anything it, it's pretty cool though like a lot of the stuff he does and he's an amazing player mm -hmm. do you think he should have stayed in blind illusion <laughs> <laughs> can we listen to a psychotic gardening song of course let's check out mindfold Yeah. 
psychotic gardening was like uh originally i was just wanting to like make some different kind of music or whatever and interested in doom metal kind of thing right and uh just also some experimental type of stuff so originally it was just me and another singer and another singer and uh then we would like I would record a bunch of instrumental stuff with weird sounds and industrial kind of sounds and whatever, but it was still kind of doomy or whatever. So we had a lot of violins and pianos and shit and chanting voices, and so we did that. And then at some point I was like, "Fuck, I want to like have a full band, right? Like, fuck, you know, whatever." Like, because we wanted to play some live shows and make it more of a real thing. So originally I got a bunch of guys together, and there was like seven guys in the band. So I was singing the other guy was singing and then we had a lead guitar player and a rhythm guitar player a keyboard player and a drummer i think that's seven right and a bass player yeah so seven guys and then uh the one guitar player was like telling me like fuck why aren't you playing guitar it's like fuck because i want to just sing and then you know i guess fuck and the other guy couldn't play the stuff the way it's supposed to be played and i was like oh yeah, yeah i gotta do it <laughs> so i became guitar player vocalist and we can't became a six piece and we did a lot of like our keyboard player was fucking amazing and he would play like two keyboards at the same time and he did like wicked pianos and nice. fucking violins and just voices and it was awesome and you could see a lot of videos and shit online if you look on youtube and shit and you could see kind of what we were about we were like fast death metal too but mm. with keyboards so kind of almost black metal with death metal but then really do me too like it was just no rules anything we wanted so that's, and cool. that's you know we go against the grain and the reason I came up with that name too was because it represents like how the media plants seeds into people's minds. People's minds are like fertile gardens, right? So they plant these seeds and then it grows into fucking what society has become. And I used to talk about like all of this stuff back like fucking 20 years ago before it happened and it's happening now and shit. And um, also another reason, like everything I do has a million reasons. And what another reason was because Finding a band name is like, uh, I wanted it to be more cerebral. Like it's like, it's a mental thing. It's, it's, it's something you have to think about. And I knew a lot of people would be like, huh, that's a stupid name. Huh, what a bunch, of, a bunch of people fucking gardening with stupid, uh, they're, they're dumb, right? Caveman. And I go, good. Like I says, I don't want you as my fan. So that's why it's like, if that name turns you off, then good. Then you don't have to listen to the fucking music. And I, I'm okay with that. Totally mm -hmm. fine. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, another thing, too, is that you search your fucking band name and you're going to find everything that's about it because there's nobody else called Psychotic Gardening, right? Yeah. So if you're death something or black something or whatever, then there's going to be a million bands coming up and you won't be able to find your material if you're looking for, like, you know, reviews or something. Like, like I, I found a review of, like, Getty Lee from Rush. He reviewed uh, our band and he fucking loved it, but he hated my vocals. <laughs> hmm. So that's kind of, you know, where that kind of shit Interesting. sort of came from. Mm -hmm. I, I think, uh, like you said, it, it is important to have a distinguishable name. We were just talking, uh, I think last week about, um, and I think they did kind of in the beginning, but Arcturus, we were right. talking about that, and that's a cool enough name, but then they have the latest uh, coronavirus variant is is named Arcturus, and you go to look <laughs> up, yeah, and if you oh search, you search Arcturus online now, and that's what comes up, not the band right. anymore. <laughs> yeah, they've been wiped out. There was a death metal band called Isis. <laughs> Remember that? 
And then when when the ISIS thing started happening, they were like, fuck, you can't find that shit anymore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you don't remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just... It's crazy, though. I don't know. It makes me laugh. So what, what's the next show you guys are playing? This weekend. Yeah, we got uh, we got a local show coming up at a place called the Bulldog Event Center on... Uh, the 29th of April, mm-hmm. and we're playing with uh, another band called uh, Evil Peace is opening the show. Uh, we're midlining, and then uh, it's kind of a super group. They're called uh, Book of Ghosts, which is made up of uh, a bunch of members from different bands all around Winnipeg, and they've kind of got together and mm. recorded an album. Um, Derek was... A little bit of, I guess you played on one song or a couple of songs. I played like on two songs, the first one and the last one, on, so, on the on the debut. So yeah, you know, him and I used to jam uh, quite a bit back in the day, about uh, I guess around 2015 or so. So uh, yeah, he uh, he brought me on board to track two songs with uh, JP in his own studio there, and uh, yeah, it was a good time. I'm pretty happy with how they sound. That's awesome. Nice. How how's the how's the metal scene specifically in in your area? Oh <laughs> man, not, <laughs> not good. <Used> good. <laughs> it was really really good, mm-hmm. and uh, just just prior to uh, the pandemic and everything, um, it started to get really fragmented and. Uh, segregated mm-hmm. and let's just say hasn't been good the last four or five years yeah yeah the problem is a, a, a lot of the venues um went out of business too and mm-hmm. also uh there, there's a lot of segregation and segmentation so basically right now there's certain bands that uh, won't work with other bands and mm-hmm. it's kind of i don't know it's a, it's Seems, kind of it's pretty petty. Pretty actually. petty. It's yeah. because of decisions bullshit. they made in the last fucking two years. Yeah, yeah it's it's the decisions I made in the last fucking two years. <laughs> anyway, we're uh, we just kind of do our own thing, and uh, you know the the fans still seem to come out and like what we're doing. So that's all that really matters to us, right? And uh, if you want to work with us, great. If you don't, then. Uh, We'll That's find fine. So we'll find someone else to work <laughs> yeah, with. That yeah, to work with. You do your thing, we'll do our thing, and uh, never the two shall meet, kind of thing. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's kind of sad, uh, really, but at the same time, it wasn't sustainable because at one point we had about seven venues going. So every weekend you'd have two to three competing metal shows. So it it, it divided yeah. the audience way too. Yeah, so it's it's kind of hard to get all those people together in one room. Whereas in the past, you could get you'd have uh, at a show you'd have like two three hundred people, no matter when you played. Mm. So that was pretty good. Now you're lucky if you get you know between fifty and two hundred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. The Netflix and chill society has basically taken over things in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Everyone <laughs> during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
it just seems everyone likes to be a homebody now as opposed to going out and living it up at shows. I know it's not uh, all the time because you're seeing all these bands in the States sell out or like, you know, Archspire selling out wherever they go and other bands are selling. But in, in, a, in a scene that's segregated like Winnipeg is, it's just, uh, it seems to be a harder sell for uh, yeah. local, local metal. Mm-hmm. Fan base seems to be getting older too, like... The newer generation, they kind of got used to not really going out or, you know, just doing different things. Yeah, so fucking playing their TikToks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, there's... Play on their TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> with, with the younger generation coming up, there is there is some interest in metal, but it's mm-hmm. not like it was back in when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've actually noticed um, here, like the past... A handful of times we've gone to shows, we've seen, I mean, uh, so we're in Rochester, New York, and um, it's like around 200,000 people. It's not a huge population. And um, we kind of like knew everyone in, in our little scene pretty much, but the last few shows we've gone to, we've seen like a whole younger generation that we didn't recognize like 80% of the people there. Right on. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That is. Yeah. At the same time, though, it's kind of like you miss <laughs> seeing the people that you used to see, too, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. What's going on next for the band? Are you guys writing new material, thinking about new recordings, anything like yeah, that? Actually, yeah, actually, right now, um, we're in the process of writing a new Votov album. Mm. Um. And we're also, for the Resurre- Resurrectionist album, we're uh, working on some other video content and stuff Yes, uh, that we're going to be releasing soon. Um, other than that, as soon as the Votov album's in the can, we're uh, going to start working on another uh, Immortal Possession album. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's lots of stuff, lots of stuff, Bray. Nice. Constantly. Nice. So you guys uh, haven't lost your passion for the music, it sounds like. No, it's increased <laughs> for me. Nice. Yeah. I need it. <laughs> so can we, uh, before we before we end talking to you guys, can we ask you a few nonsense questions? Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, let me get Also, up. do you mind if we uh, play a few of your songs in this episode? Well, hell yeah. Go go right ahead, man. Play whatever you want. You bet. Thank you. We totally appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we're picking from our box of nonsense. Uh-oh. All right, I got one here. All right. Here's the first one. Name a celebrity you would like to be trapped in an elevator with. Celebrity you'd like to be trapped in an elevator with, eh? Hmm. Oh, okay. Let me think about that. Hmm. I hate celebrities, so that makes me. There's <laughs> <laughs> a couple that would be pretty cool, but uh, fuck, think. Uh, the dude, the dude from uh, Machete would be pretty funny. Oh to... shit! Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Danny something. Tra- Traio. Traio or... Oh yeah. He'd probably be pretty comical to be trapped in an elevator with, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrity. I would go with Jesus. No. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh, you didn't say fictional character. Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, let me think. Um, Ch- Chuck, I think, would like to be you know trapped what? in an elevator with Justin Trudeau. I was going to say that. I was going to fucking say that. I can't believe you fucking said that. Holy shit, you know me. Oh, my God, eh? Jesus Christ, how much fucking floor, how many floors do I get with this fucking concert? <laughs> Two men enter. Yeah, fucking one man fucking leaves and it's a, a real man. Me. <laughs> Fuck that piece of shit. <laughs> how about you, Derek? Which uh, celebrity would you like to be trapped in an elevator with? Oh, definitely Justin Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta practice my. Oh, never mind. Yeah, no, you can't even say that shit. Can't even say oh that. My God, enemy of the state. Yeah, we, we love our prime minister. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a beautiful man. Love sucks. Piece of shit. I mean, uh, I mean. <laughs> yeah, we change the meanings of words up here. Piece of shit means nice person, everybody. <laughs> yeah, at the opposite day. It's opposite day in the world, fucking today, man. Any any other names you guys want to throw out there? Uh, trapped trapped in an elevator with yeah, celebrity. Oh, um, right, we we have another question for you to think about. Yeah, okay. Christia Freeland. This oh one's this one's serious, right? Oh boy. Why do superheroes wear their underwear on the outside? <laughs> Because <laughs> when people see their boners, <laughs> they get weak. <laughs> it's like a magician waving his hand. They wave their dicks. Period. That's my answer. That's a good answer. What's yours, John? I don't even know how to answer that yeah, one. Because naked <laughs> works. <laughs> Yeah, naked definitely. <laughs> I don't want to see uh, Batman or Superman naked. Thanks. Adam West. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Dick. He's got a fat dick. <laughs> Guard for life. Yeah. His dick. No. Uh, My mind from uh, that image. Yeah, That's great. <laughs> um, I have one other question for you guys. I don't know if you guys are a, a fan of horror movies. Oh, we love horror movies. I hey, like horror movies. Hey, like have you seen oh, horror? Have, have, you, have you seen <laughs> the Greasy Strangler? No. What's it called? The Greasy Strangler. No. Well, damn. Will one of you please watch this and report yes. and report back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, what is that? What's up? Is that what? a good one or? What? Yeah, it's it's very good. It's very different. It, it, super campy or what? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's it's yeah. ridiculous. Get up. But I like to spread the word about it. Okay. Because it, it well, is that your movie? No, no, it's not mine. I just oh, okay. I, I'm just a fan of it. I got a lot of filmmakers, eh? And it's like there's some cool shit out there, man. That's, yeah. That's uh, that's a pretty obscure one, I guess. Um. Have you guys ever seen uh, the movie Pin? I don't think so, no. Okay, well, that one that one's really weird. You should check that out. Pin? Is it P-I-N? Pin. Yeah. All right. We will put it on our list. So we'll watch Pin, and you can watch uh, Greasy Strangler. Yeah. And and we'll, 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 <laughs> me- we'll message each other back and uh, let you know what we thought. If you haven't seen The Hateful Eight by Quentin Tarantino, 
I like that one. I that's, did see that. I that's think. A that's good, not a horror movie. No, movie. it's not. It's not. <laughs> but it's gory. Mm-hmm. There's some gore in there. He gets his nuts shut off. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you ever see I Spit on Your Grave movies? Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are good. That's fucking brutal. Eh? Like, I couldn't even almost watch that shit, man. I know, like the the scene where she cuts the dick off in the tub. Dude, I like the revenge. <laughs> I, I love the revenge shit. I just don't like the rape shit. It really fucking bothers me so much. Yeah. If there ain't fucking good revenge, I'd be super pissed. Because fuck that shit, shit. Yeah, I, I have a problem with it. <laughs> All those rape scenes bug me too. I fucking hate it. I can't, it makes I can't me so mad. That. I can't even stand it. Yeah. So if there's good revenge, I, I'm watching the revenge going, fucking right, cut that guy's fucking face off. <laughs> cut his face off, man. Trust <laughs> <laughs> me, nuts, man. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> I have to say my favorite, well, the movie that, like horror movies don't really disturb me, but uh, Hostel. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that's, yeah. A, that's an movie. Yeah, we saw Some that. Can't... I never saw it. That's a good I one. I don't watch movies and shit, so... Oh. I don't watch TV. I don't watch movies. I'm fucking. What about the Hurt Locker? Crazy person. That's not a horror movie, yeah. but it's a great movie. Yeah, that's that's old school. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. I think we saw that in the theater, didn't we? Like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did too. Yeah, I like that movie. Well, thanks a lot for talking to us. Are we holding up your practice? Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. We're here it's all nice the time. So, yeah. No, it's really good. Uh, <laughs> having the opportunity to uh, get on with you and uh, we appreciate you guys uh, talking to us today. Thank you. We appreciate you guys and we look forward to uh, staying in touch with you guys and hearing whatever future music you make. Cheers. Take care. Cheers to you. Cheers. I'm glad we finally got to talk to them. Yes. It was, uh, it took too long to come together. Yeah, for sure. But there are reasons. Um, let's close it out with one more Immortal Possession song. Um, we mentioned the the new song that was on The Resurrectionist, Track 9, which is Class Warfare. I think we should listen to that. All right. As our exit song. Until next time. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't be an asshole. And? This is Criff. I mean Arnold. And I listen to Grim Dystopian every week. And if you are not... What are you waiting for? Do it! Do it now!
Thank <laughs> you.